This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You're, 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 tuned, you're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagada at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We're back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. We'll get really heavy into Bengals and Steelers on Thursday as we preview that matchup. But let's get into a little bit of last year. You think of week three, week 12, 24-10, the first win, 41-10, the last one. They swept the Pittsburgh Steelers. Zach Taylor, kind of a little bit, tiny bit, has... Pittsburgh's number while he's in Cincinnati right now. Ever since that Monday night football game, I don't think we'll we'll ever forget Ryan Finley's game when he comes in and uh, helps him win on Monday night football. You got the Von Bell hit, and then you fast forward to what this season is. I think one thing that really sticks out for me, we talked about Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. It was the touchdown pass to Jamar Chase when they beat the Steelers in week three. Week 12, it just was absolutely a mess, but the Early stats, Joe Burrow running down the field, runs one in for a touchdown. Mike Hilton's pick six, revenge against his team. Ben Roethlisberger was Ben Roethlisberger. He didn't look very good last year. But what worked for Cincinnati in those two matchups against Pittsburgh? So the second game, they kind of just pounded them with the run game and T Higgins and they were really cheating Jamar Chase or though the touchdown to T where he dunks on James Pierre and Burrow throws that when Pierre's got like three yards in front of him and he's still just like oh <laughs> you're getting dunked on dude <laughs> he just throws it up there uh Minka is playing like the ball I believe is on the right hash and he's beyond the left hash towards Chase like he's just going Chase isn't getting this ball and then he's just like, well, Higgins is really good too. <laughs> and you have James Pierre on him, who's like your fifth corner. So I'm okay with this situation. Um, so yeah, that second game was just a pound. The first one, yeah, it's really that end of the first half chase touchdown. And um, the one thing I want to think about is just Burrow himself was efficient when they I just talked about the coverage shows and how they might face more too high this season, split field looks. He was 13, 16, 90 yards, a touchdown in an interception against split field looks, which is fine. That's like efficient, methodical, only missed three passes, although one of them was an interception. Uh, this is from my own charting. I just went back and charted the games this past week. Um, when he faced single high coverage, he was 23 of 27 for 287 yards and three touchdowns. Did throw a pick, but it was like an end of the half type. I'm just tossing this for, you know, it's an arm punt third down situation. So it wasn't even a bad pick. 10.6 yards per attempt from that. I mean, that is just a flamethrower. 
when they tried to go single high against them. And despite what uh, national media seems to be saying about like how oh, too high, too high is all this, you know, it's so prevalent now. The most common coverages are still cover three and cover one. So <laughs> there's still the single high post safety because the NFL is just slow to adapt. Like in college, too high becomes more standard. But in the NFL, as much as it's becoming more and more of a thing, single high is still the standard. And Tomlin specifically is usually not above league average when it comes to those split field looks. So, I mean, it would make sense. It would behoove them to play them against the Bengals and try to take away the passing game. But that's just not really in their DNA. So that's the first thing I think of and what I'm looking for in this game is just like, are they going to try to challenge these wide receivers and burrow again by playing these single high, get an extra man in the box to stop the run looks, or are they going to sell out for the pass and try to get this new offensive line and Joe Mixon to beat them because now their front is better and more healthy. Mitch Trubisky is going to get the start. No real surprise. I know Pickett obviously had preseason snaps and there's excitement in Pittsburgh. It makes sense. He played in Pitt, but he will not start this game. What do you think about the starting quarterback? And do you think they'll change it up because they're feeling comfortable enough to make Kenny Pickett active on game day? Could we see some snaps from the rookie? What do you think from Mike Tomlin when it comes to the quarterback room? I'm guessing he just starts Trubisky the whole time. I don't think it would make sense to flip him out in the first game without an injury. Um, yeah, let's uh, – <laughs> Matt Canada, to me, is the Wario of coaches. <laughs> and Mitch Trubisky is kind of like the Waluigi of quarterbacks. So. Wow. <laughs> kind of looks like him a little bit. Yeah. yeah, so <laughs> I kind of think they're like, <laughs> what a tandem of guys to have. <laughs> the the uh, bizarro versions of <laughs> what I think of as like the good variation. Because <laughs> Matt Kidd is Matt Canada's running all this motion, all these crazy formations, but they're they're to like throw like <laughs> they're like to throw bubbles and flat routes and swings to the running back. And maybe a lot of that was Ben Roethlisberger. I don't know. But uh and then Mitch Trubisky is just, you know, he was the Nickelodeon valuable player, the MVP for a reason. He is interesting. <laughs> not not great, but he made the playoffs. And honestly, you look at his stats and they're fine, but it's just like when he faces good teams and things matter, it's kind of like, you know, Mitch Trubisky's not the guy, but yeah, I don't know. That's my uh, comparison is that Matt Canada is Wario and Mitch Trubisky is Waluigi. And I don't know what to expect out of that offense, but I'm sure it will involve an illegal formation. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You know, TJ Watt was brought up last year when he played in that second game and the pressure on Joe Burrow. And I think that I think it went viral. There was a little bit of a video with with Watt and uh, Joe Burrow just kind of fighting with each other out there. You know, nobody really talked about it after the game. Frank Pollock was not happy about it. You think about this new offensive line and this is going to be their real first game playing together. Zach Taylor's been talked about, you know, tackling in your first regular season game because, again, they took it pretty light. And Pittsburgh doesn't do that. What do you think about this D-line versus the, the Bengals' offensive line? 
It's uh, I think they'll have a good plan for Watt. They always seem to have a good plan for Watt. What I am nervous about for the Bengals is Cam Hayward <laughs> and Cordell Volson's first ever start. Because if you ask me to rank out the best defensive tackles in the league, Donald's in his own stratosphere, but then Cam Hayward's probably number two in a tier of like three guys. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. He might be the second best defensive tackle in the entire league. Um, and that is a tough, tough draw as a rookie fourth round pick from North Dakota. And I know he looked, he looked all right in the preseason. He looked solid, but this is just such a level up in terms of competition. And then you even think like, well, what if they put Cam Hayward on Alex Kappa, which I actually think Alex Kappa matches up pretty well just because he's so strong and keeps a good balanced base. But then you've got Ogan Joby against Volson, which I don't know. We know Ogan Joby as a guy that's, you know, he's just, he's boom bust and when he wins, he wins dramatically, you know? And I talked about how sometimes it felt like Volson didn't get off the ball as well as he could. Ogajobi, if he wins, it's usually he he has an explosive get-off and he just fired off that ball before the offensive lineman could even react. So I have worries about um, – I just I just nerves, nerves about like uh, uh, Cordell Volson in his first start against this defense because I do think their front is really talented other than um, the – linebacker Devin Bush <laughs> uh, everybody else though I have really high opinions of even Miles Jack where I'm just like ah, he just feels like the perfect Steelers we're gonna sign this guy and he'll play back to his Pro Bowl level of that 2017 season because I think he's really talented um yeah all the Walu and Highsmith I don't know I think all these guys are either talented and they just haven't played up to their potential yet or they are talented and are playing up to their potential so i think they're all high potential and some of them some of them it's just variants like ogan joby and some of them it's like tj watt and cam hayward are just consistently very very good so i i i would give the edge to the pittsburgh defensive line but the Bengals can overcome that on paper edge just like they did last year with some of the uh schematic stuff they were doing such as these early chips on watt and running the ball away from watt and towards 55 and um i feel like i'm ragging on that guy too much but the Bengals almost took him i think <laughs> um but yeah the uh they 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 can get around it schematically and then the Bengals have such an advantage when it comes to their wide receivers versus the pittsburgh secondary that that's where you attack and you just hope to draw even with the offensive line versus the front, in my opinion. Yeah, you think about the wide receivers. T. Higgins didn't play in the week three game last year, and then he had himself a day in, in week 12. When you think of Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd out there, even Hayden Hurst, who sometimes I forget about when you think about all the weapons that they're going to be throwing to, I still think Joe Mixon catches a couple in the air too, and, and then maybe they run the ball. But offensively, who's going to have a day for this Bengals offense when it comes to wide receivers or playmakers? Hmm. All right, so if I'm going to take a, a just a stab. So they got killed by Chase in the first matchup last year, and then they really sold out to stop him. And then Higgins has a day as a pass catcher. My guess is it's Chase again. I think they'll find a way to get him involved. And just whoever he matches up with is a mismatch unless they just full bracket him and try to play Minka and a guy on him or something like that. And then it's somebody else. But that's just 
in my opinion, probably not sound strategy <laughs> uh, to let Higgins go one-on-one with, I don't know. Um, I mean, I guess Cam Sutton's a fine corner, so I'm not going to rag on him too much. But, you know, it just I would give the advantage to Higgins, though. And, like, between uh, – he's probably in the slot against Boyd. I don't know. <laughs> I All this to say, I think it'll be Jamar Chase. I don't know. Who do you think? I think it's going to be T. Higgins. I Again? Think, yes. I think it's going to be T. There's just something about what season I feel like he's going to have this year. Even Jamar Chase, he he won Rookie of the Year. He had insane stats, broke all kinds of records. I think he's going to be able to do that. But I think you get a full, healthy T. Higgins out there, and we're going to see him just have himself a year. And this is a big year for T. Higgins uh, when, when we talk about the future. But one thing that I'll say it again on Thursday, and I didn't say it on social media, but it's how I feel. And I said that I feel like Zach Taylor has a little bit of the Steelers number recently. Mike Tomlin worries me. Week one, you're the big time underdogs. I would say big time going into Cincinnati. Yeah, the first thing I actually think of in this matchup this season is that the Bengals are basically the Steelers and the Steelers are the Bengals of the past few years where I would always go into the game thinking the Steelers are going to win this. They're 11-0 and or something. Yeah or uh, I hope the Bengals can pull this out. Now it's the Bengals need to win this game because this is one of the easier matchups early in the year. They have to go to Dallas next week, and then they get the Dolphins at home on a Thursday night football game. You can't lose the game at home to the Steelers week one. But, yeah, I mean, the coaching in in general, because they had Brian Flores, so I'm thinking they're going to add some interesting pressure packages, which I'm not going to enjoy watching, (laughs) I assume. Hopefully Pollock's got those guys ready. Uh, because yeah, man, I, I know there's the whole thing with Flores, but he did such a good job in Miami mm-hmm. and it was specifically the defense and everything that came with that fired for other reasons. Uh, but I just like the Steelers got such a steal with that guy. Like he's probably doing a lot for that defense more than just being the linebacker coach. I have to imagine the guy who was giving, who who had maybe the best pressure package in the league is giving Tomlin some help on like, Hey, what if we implement this? Yeah. I I think for Pittsburgh alone, this is not a Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Please don't kill me if you're listening (laughs) right now, but I think they're going to be better than expected not winning the division. I don't see them in the playoffs. I know some team, some experts are putting them in the postseason as a wild card. I think they're going to be better than expected. And then obviously with Mike Tomlin, he has winning seasons no matter what. Yeah, he he is struggling to get back and winning in the postseason. But there's just something about this game that everything feels a little too right. You're opening it at home. And we'll have predictions and all of that fun stuff on Thursday when it comes to what we think is going to happen in this game. Just a little... Tuesday scaries right now thinking about that <laughs> matchup it's gonna rain and there's could be a few storms hopefully not and yeah. I don't know there's just uh, maybe maybe my mindset will all change by Thursday I'm still picking them to win I'll tell you right now I picked I'm picking them to oh win. I'm, I'm picking the Bengals to win too but I do agree with you that I think the Steelers are better than expected because I just don't think I can have them going below 500 as long as Tomlin's there he's just like in the NBA you've got these guys that these are the players but they're just floor raisers like if you have a uh a Giannis you're not going to finish below 50, uh, 45 wins that's kind of how I feel about Tomlin he's just such a floor raiser if you can get duck hodges to 500 you can probably do it with trubisky and and Pickett. so i just i don't think i can bet against them until proven otherwise here's my really really hot take and then we're going to move on and we'll talk afc north and all of that fun stuff 
I think they have a better quarterback this year than last year. Oh, yeah. I mean, Ben Ben out there, he should have retired after two years ago, but I think he just didn't want to go out to an embarrassing loss to the Browns. Although I guess he might have wanted to come back last year. I don't know the whole situation. Uh, but, yeah, I think it'd be hard to be worse because he's – Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> he's throwing to Mike Hilton. That was one of his favorite weapons at Paul Brown's Indian last year, and that was still absolutely amazing to watch. Couldn't happen to a better guy. Uh, we'll get back to the predictions that AFC North. What is going to happen this year for your AFC defending champs, the Cincinnati Bengals, next on It's Always Game Day for Cincinnati.